0: Hi everyone. I just thought I'd like to introduce my special guest. Uh, We plan to do one of these once a month, and uh, my special guest is Katrina. I've known her for years. She's just a delightful young lady. Um, So um, I'm just, it's a definite change of venue because we've titled this podcast um, Portals and Gateways. To the other side, just so you'll know. <laughs> we'll give it a shot, see what you think. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cape Cod Writers Studio. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Katrina Gannon, and she is just the best dancer. She's just awesome. I've known her for a long, long time. Katrina, will you say hello to the uh, viewers and listeners? Hello. Some of you may know me as Katrina Valenzuela, well, but,
1: but I had a practice on the Cape for, most of but since 1980 and under the name Gannon, which is my family name.
0: Okay, now Katrina has written a book, and uh, it's a pretty special book. What's the title, the full title, Katrina? It is River of Stars, Lights of Jasmine. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Right oh, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay, so we've decided to put our little heads together and um, create a podcast, and we're also uh, videoing it too. So that, um, because we'd like to talk about some very special things. Uh, The title of our podcast is, Katrina, what's the title? (laughs) (laughs) You tricked me, huh? (laughs) No, I forgot. (laughs) Portals and Gateways. Portals and Gateways, yeah. And that doesn't, that's a a lot of, really different from what we usually talk about on on these podcasts anyhow. So um, I'm going to turn it over to Katrina because I want, I would like her to fill you in on our intention, why we're doing this. Okay. Well, Sharon and I have known each other since the 80s
1: when we were both part of the Unity Center on Main Street in Hyannis, which is no longer the center. There is still a Unity Center, but it changed location. So we've known each other for so long, and we've traveled in similar circles and teaching spiritual principles. Sharon is a very well-known crystal expert, and we both have taught meditation. We just have a lot of common interests, and we thought if we put our interest onto some kind of a podcast we might reach people who otherwise would not be hearing about these things Uh, my specialty has always been egyptian mystery school teachings and i've been teaching cosmic law and dreams and so many talks for so many years and that's why people kept saying well why don't you write a book because you've had all these experiences So I did write a book, it took me three years, not actually sitting and writing, but three years to make it manifest. And This is the book, River of Stars, Nights of Jasmine. Now, this has a very deep meaning. The river of stars is what the ancients would refer to as the Milky Way. They would say the river of stars. Because if you were to take an aerial view of the Giza plateau and superimpose it on a view of the heavens during the years in which the creation of the plateau took place. They fit exactly, precisely, like two sides of the same picture. So even the distances between the stars are exactly the same as the distances between the three major pyramids. So I've been immersed in Egyptian life and language and culture my whole life. And there are so many mysteries. So I try to cover a lot of it in my book. However, the book is a very lighthearted, fun journey. It's a memoir of my own experiences in traveling to Egypt. And so it touches upon the people, the culture, a lot of different areas. But the underlying message in it is to believe in our own guidance. And a lot of my trips were were sparked by my own guides telling me things. And I would go to Egypt to whatever site they mentioned and do my own exploration. And so that's a long way around to tell you what the River of Stars is referring to. And even now, the very elderly uh, people in Egypt will refer to that. They'll they'll talk about the plateau and the pyramids and they'll gesture to the heavens that all this information came from off-Earth and the incredible knowledge that they had. People don't realize that today with all of our technology, we could not build the Great Pyramid. Even with all that we know, build it with the precision that the ancients did, and there are a lot of wonderful books out there if you're interested in the technical aspects of it. So my book is River of Stars, Nights of Jasmine, The Nights of Jasmine refers to the many, many nights in Egypt where the air is thick with the scent of jasmine because it blooms through all the warm months the jasmine trees are in bloom. And the smell is just intoxicating. So it takes you right there. If I smell jasmine perfume oil, if it's from Egypt, it takes me right to that place. So <clears throat> it's a very romantic, heady experience. So my book is a combination of the ancient mystery teachings and a lot of romance and fun. I've been taking groups since, let's see, my first group was in 1986 but I had been going there long before that. So it's been a lot of years of Egypt and hundreds of people that I have taken there and I don't lecture to them, I don't tell them what to expect. I let them uncover it for themselves, within limits, without breaking a lot of laws because I've had some people who just think they can climb the pyramid, they can dig anywhere they want, they they get the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark syndrome, but it's not really as free as that. You have to have permission to go to certain places. More and more so now, they've tightened the rules on what visitors can do. And a lot of it is based on who you know and who you're willing to bribe and what you're (laughs) what your budget is for bribing. So we're not doing illegal things, but we're also kind of staying on the edge of what's allowable. Um, Personally, I've never dug anywhere in Egypt, but I have been present for some amazing archeological discoveries because spirit guided me and my group to go to a certain temple in the middle of the night. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in my book. Yeah. And um, we got up at 3 a.m. and we took a taxi over to the Temple of Karnak, the Temple of Luxor in Luxor. And Luxor? Luxor, yes, which is Upper Egypt.
0: Yeah. Wow. Holy smoke.
1: (laughs) I I won't tell that whole story, but it is covered in detail in my book because it was such a phenomenal thing to be guided by my spirit guides to get everybody up early in the morning and to go over to the temple of Luxor.
0: Um, That's a distance from, that's not right in, oh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of exactly where Luxor is It's what's called Upper
1: Egypt. Yes. And because the Nile runs from south to north. that's unusual. It's very unusual. Mm -hmm. I think there's only one other river that runs from south to north. So when you say Upper Egypt, you're referring to Luxor, Karnak, Aswan, which are about 400 miles south of Cairo. So it's nowhere near Cairo.
0: Cairo is, is, Cairo is the capital, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you have to take a train.
1: Well, I don't take the train because it's rather sickening. But (laughs) I take a, a plane. We fly from Cairo down to Luxor. Oh. The train, maybe it's better now, but when I took it, it was really rough. So, if you consider, it's about the distance of going from Boston to Miami. Wow. That is a distance. So, it's not just like around the corner. You have to effort to get there. And um, so,
0: go ahead. please ask whatever you want? I was going to ask you a question. Um, can I ask the name of the temple that you went to in Luxor? It was Karnak. No, wait, I'm sorry. It was Luxor Temple. Yes, I know, yeah. That's why I asked that question. Which is in the
1: town of Luxor, and Karnak Temple is adjacent to that. But the place that we were guided to begin our ceremony is in the Holy of Holies. So in any temple, the holiest place is the furthest in. So we walked silently, about maybe a quarter of a mile from the entrance straight through the temple to the very last enclosure. And there was the stone uh, altar. And we placed all of our little amulets on the altar and circled it and we began chanting, just sounding. And it was nighttime and we just had one candle lit. And we didn't have any real plan what we were going to do there. We just knew that we had to be there. I knew. Everyone else went along with me. That's the thing. The people that sign up for my tours, they're so wonderful, so open to whatever crazy thing I have in mind. So we were there chanting. And as we finished our meditation, we heard a strange sound of pickaxes. Somebody was smashing through stone and we walked out of the Holy of Holies and there was a whole team of archeologists, not archeologists, there was one archeologist and workers and they were digging right through the, the stone of the temple. And there was a lot of excitement and we didn't say anything, we were just watching. And I could hear them talking about you know, this is where millions, millions of tourists walk every day, right over this platform. But for some reason, they, I don't know where they got their lead, but they felt this is where there was something hidden. So they lifted these big granite stones, and we just stood there breathless watching them. And then they lifted a perfect black basalt stone statue of a pharaoh, completely unharmed, just a perfect statue, and it was like watching a birth, because after that they drew another one, and they drew drew up the wife of the pharaoh, and the attendants of the pharaoh, and so many statues. I think there ended up being 16 on that day. And these are life-size, beautiful statues, so perfect that they look like they were made by a laser, but they were actually made maybe five thousand years ago.
0: Hmm. Do you know what kind of stone they were made of? they They were mostly basalt,
1: which is a black, very very hard stone. It's a very difficult one to carve, and yet the Egyptians so many things that look as though they were done with high-tech lasers. Wow. So they lined them up all around the opening and they began putting wet dirt, mud, all over them to keep them from cracking. Because the mornings are chilly in Egypt. So they covered them all. And I have photos that was in all international magazines and science magazines. So I have photos of the statues being covered with mud. And when they were done, the lead archeologist stood up and he looked around and he saw us standing there and he went crazy. He said, where did all you women come from? This is a forbidden area, you cannot be here. And he was just so confounded by how we even got in there because it was locked. Temples were always locked at night. But that was a funny story, which is in my book. I went into the bedroom of the, the Raiz, who was in charge of all the safety of the temple. I woke him up and I begged him to give me the key. And he thought that I was the angel of death and he was terrified. Because I was dressed all in white, crystals around my neck, my hair all streaming down. And I think I just terrified him enough that he he would do anything to get me to leave. And he reached under his bed and he flung the keys across the room. And I grabbed them and I ran through the town and I opened the gate and we got in. We got in just in time to do our meditation and before any of the men had even come in. So it's a fun story, it's in my book. And so the women who were with me, there were only seven women, and myself, so we were a group of eight. And eight statues were discovered that day. Eight statues. Wow. <laughs> ah. It was just. Oh. Wow, it's the way things happen there. You,
0: know, you go to a sacred site, and there's there's so much more going on. Um, hey, that that was a fascinating story. Um, I know it's all in your book yeah but i was like okay so thank you i'm trying to think of what else we can do we should tell people what our intention is for this podcast did we do that
1: well we had talked about providing spiritual information a, a place where people can just tune in and learn something Yes, <laughs> and also talking about the cosmos and the the power points of the year, which we are in. We're recording right now on the spring
0: equinox, also called the vernal equinox. And that's another thing too. We've decided that the um, we would do each of the, we would do these podcasts, but they would always be done on um, the new moon. Right. Uh-huh. Next one would be uh, April 11th. I mm-hmm. think that's the date I had. Yeah, April 11th. So, um... Broadcast
1: on the new moon.
0: Yeah, the new moon. What did I say? Full moon? No, no you said the new moon. Oh, okay. But it's the equinox and it's not the new moon. Yeah, this, is, this is different. This is a different way we're going to launch it or we'd like to launch it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, um, some of the, the topics that we' going we'd like to discuss uh, on, on these podcasts that we think might interest you. And uh, you can always drop us a I'll, I'll leave the um, email address for both of us. You can always uh, get a hold of us and tell us what, you, you know, what you'd like to, to know because um, we have years of experience. In both, you know, in in um, the other <laughs> the other realm, I guess I'd say. So, um, yeah, I, you know, um, some of the things that you might be interested in um, are: Did you know that there was such a thing as parallel lives? Did you know that? Um, oh, I lost it. <laughs> Sorry. What else can we talk about, Katrina?
1: Well, out-of-body experiences. I've done a lot with past lives. Yeah, yeah, I have. Workshops and regressions. And how do we call your
0: own past lives? They're just endless, endless topics. Yeah. And I was just thinking of some of the um, the films that have been released recently um, Lake House is one of them, where that's parallel lives, very definitely. And I think another one called The Sliding Door was another one. Yeah, not yeah. Um, and of course Star Wars 100 years ago, <laughs> which... Yeah. Odyssey, well, that was really the opening. It was, it was. And uh, 2001 was another one, Odyssey, 2001 was another one. Um, Yeah, and they've been, you know, I think we've been being primed with this information Mm -hmm. over the years, um, even though we're not sure what it really means. Um, Today, I I write books just like Katrina does, and um, I I like to see what's new in books and, you know, what's coming out, and I see an awful lot of um, books about parents paranormal stuff, a lot of, I mean, really paranormal stuff, like demons and, ugh, and I wonder why, you know, why is this coming to the forefront right now? You mean the negative side? I'm sorry, what? You mean the negative things, like demons? the dark side. It's almost like the dark side. There's a lot of stories about that. Well, I think young people
1: have a natural fascination with the dark side yeah until they get burned and they find out what they're <laughs> getting into uh, I don't
0: give a lot of attention to the dark side and I don't either I don't either and I you know and that's another thing we'll talk about is protection and how to protect yourself you know if you And ghost hunters, I mean, we can talk about that. We can talk about mediums. We can talk about um, spiritual guides. There's so many uh, topics we can talk about. Um, So, But you know, (laughs) Katrina and I have been through it. (laughs) We've been there, done that. But it's nice to be able to, I have grandchildren that are very, very interested in what, you know, oh I lost Katrina, there you are, grandchildren that are very interested in in, um, what happens, you know, on the other side. So that's why we put our heads together and thought that a podcast might work very nicely. So, okay, what else can we talk about?
1: Well, just what you said, what happens on the other side with this horrible experience the world has had with the pandemic. So many hundreds of thousands of people's loved ones have suddenly passed over. And there's a great interest in what becomes of them, what becomes of a soul when they leave this dimension. So that's something that we might talk about, and is, is really a burning issue right now
0: it really is that's true and um, a lot of people have chosen to go over yeah you know it isn't just the pandemic but um, yeah i th- i think that would make an interesting topic i do
1: like where do they go yeah. where is your loved one gone to they're with you one day they're gone the next people really need a little more a lot more information understanding Yes. Not that we have the final word on it, but we've both worked with other realms for decades.
0: Yeah, we have. Yeah, and sending lost souls back where they belong. Right. And unhappy ghosts. So we've had those experiences too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I think. What do you think? You think we've given them a taste of what we'd like to do for this podcast? Is there anything that we should know about with the um, uh, with the solstice that we're working on now? Mm-hmm. Um, can you fill oh. in on that? I just know it exists. Well, there are four power points in the year.
1: And since the beginning of earth time, there have been groups who honor the earth sometimes called pagans or indigenous people, Mm -hmm. who have created beautiful structures throughout the world to honor the four power points because they know that those are very special and they are the solstices and the equinoxes. And so I've traveled a lot to power sites around the world and we always go to those particular areas where the sun's first ray will hit some amazing, amazing things like the Stonehenge and New Grange and right. Ether. Um, throughout Central and South America, there are more and more structures. So it's all very interesting that ancient people knew so much about astrological movements and alignments that would go on.
0: They also knew when to plant crops. Yes, we they plant. were
1: very much in, in
0: sync with the earth. Yeah. Yeah. So that the crops, you know, so that whatever they planted would would nourish and, and grow profusely. I know they had, you know, and I hope, I know we have a lot of technology and um, um, probably one of the worst people to talk about this because I'm in the middle of it. But um, there, is, there, is, um, there is a downside to the technology because it takes us away from um, really exploring uh, what is available or what, is, uh, what our ancestors used to do. It, it, you know, the, the technology is there. I swear it's there to keep us busy. you know so we won't think about these things but that's just my opinion
1: well it is a very very powerful thing of course technology and we're being challenged as to how we'll use it yeah so
0: yeah um a lot of the technology that we have now came from atlantis yeah yeah Uh, They were a highly advanced civilization and um, they went through four demises. Um, First one, you know, was um, flood. The second one was volcano, maybe a third one. The third one, which was the tidal wave, which wiped it out completely. But um, their technology was incredible. And um, a lot of the people that had lives on Atlantis are here now yeah. to correct what they did on Atlantis, which they shouldn't have done. You know, they, they they didn't use the laws the way they were supposed to, so their island went under. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to explain it. Yeah, well, I don't we
1: call it as an island so much as a vast Continent. It was, yeah. And so it went down in in gradual stages until it became just one island. <clears throat> so we tend to hear of it as like a, a blip in time. There was this island, then it was gone.
0: But it was a, a very advanced civilization. Yeah. Yeah. They used a, a lot of um, crystals. Yeah. yeah. They had I a. Mean, you that's know where you come in with your crystals. <laughs> Crystals, yeah, yeah. My book about Atlantis is all about the crystal in the final days. Um, but that's you know, because I had such a strong memory, and that's another thing that, um, we might want to try and get through to people if you have uh, an affinity for a place or you're having continuous dreams that just, you know, won't go away, um, or, you, or the, the dreams keep repeating and repeating, then um, you're, you're getting a message, maybe from one of your past lives, right, Katrina? Especially right now, because we're being
1: challenged to use all that's available to us for the highest good and not to create war, not to destroy, So a lot of the same lessons that were up for the Atlanteans are being repeated now. Somebody told me, I think it was, uh, I forget which author it was, but she said that about 90% of Americans are former
0: Atlanteans who are back to learn the same lesson. Back to, to create or to correct. Yeah. Yeah, and learn the lessons. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally there
1: are so many things we can talk about.
0: <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's just so much fun. We find it fun at this point. Going through some of it probably wasn't as much fun. But um it was it was uh training. You know? And um you know, um I work with the light, um I think Katrina does, too. You think? <laughs> you know <laughs> what you do. <laughs> I know she does. <laughs> so, well, I think that's enough for today. I think so, yeah. I think we've, we've, you know, covered enough just to give you an idea of what we'll come back with uh, on on the, uh, the new moon. Yes, and we'll make a list of all the topics that we're going to cover. That would help. <laughs> You're so help many. out of a hat. <laughs> that's <what> I... <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you, Katrina. I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll have a lot of fun. Yep. That's what we're here for. Fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why not make the journey fun? You know, whatever we do, we try to make it fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, if I may, can I close with a little prayer? You think it could be? Of course. Um, may you be filled with the light of the spirit within, and surrounded by divine light from above. And so it is. Thank you. I'm going to end it. Anyone who's out there listening to us,
1: we're just a little bit crazy. But okay. Oh, you <laughs>